welcome to another episode of Novel Not New, a True End podcast. It's a show where we pick a different visual novel before every episode, um, play through it, sometimes with the audience, and uh, then we discuss together as a podcast team. I'm Jennifer Uncle. Uh, I'm Six Demar. And I'm M. So this is the first episode that we're doing in the uh, since we've moved away from the non-monthly format, and uh, we're covering something called Portopia Renzoku Satsujin Jiken, otherwise known as the the Portopia Serial Murder Case. Um, it initially came out for the NEC PC six zero zero one, but uh, the version that we're covering is. Uh, the one that was released on the Famicom, um, which was the Japanese NES. Yeah, it came out around... Um, the initial one came out around 1983. I think the um, Famicom version came out in 1985. And, yes. Uh, both versions were written and uh, designed by Yuji Hori, who um, went on after this NES port to create the Dragon Quest franchise. Huh. Yeah, I guess I did see the the Enix name on it, but I didn't um I didn't look into the history of of the man in charge. Uh quite the quite the storied career after this. Yeah. It, it's kind of funny too because later on in the game there's a there's a first person dungeon style section which I imagine was I, I don't know, we're Earlier Dragon Quest games, did they have any first-person elements to them? No, and also that dungeon is only in the NES version. Oh, I think is interesting. interesting. Yes. Well, um, so this game is interesting because it is, like, as, as far as I can tell, it appears to be, like, the first, like, detective visual novel, basically, right? Yeah, in many ways, it's like the first Japanese adventure game. Uh, Yuji Hori specifically liked computer, like, uh, adventure, text adventures in the U.S. and wanted to make one for Japan. Uh, the PC 6001 version of this game has a text parser instead of a verb selection. Um, that is one of the other big changes, um, which, uh, from all accounts reading this was a much more difficult thing to do in Japanese than it was in the U.S. Um, and or in English specifically, and uh, thus they changed it, obviously, for a lot of reasons when you go to the Famicom version. But uh, yeah, like this, this is like the first Japanese adventure game ends up being really formative for visual novels because visual novels in large part spun out of adventure games when you take out all the puzzles. Um, so yeah, that's why kind of why I picked it like it, the ground zero for the things we cover in this show. Mm hmm. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Ground Zero, uh, one of the fans of this game is Hideo Kojima. Uh, this was one of the games that got him into the industry, and apparently he hid bits of this game within um, Ground Zeroes and the Phantom Pain. And of course, after that, fans tried to. Uh, some super fans ended up playing through the entirety of this game, thinking that, oh, there's going to be a secret for the next Metal Gear Solid hidden within there. <laughs> there isn't really one, but. Uh, I'm glad that they got to play this game because this game's pretty cool. I mean, this is the real ending to Metal Gear Solid Five. Uh, Kojima's done it again. Uh, he went. He he set up all of this in advance so that this would serve as the true ending that that fans have always been wanting. <laughs> um, I, I thought that I thought we were here to talk about Metal Gear. No, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, the thing, the thing that the the NES version specifically does inform Dragon Quest with is that verb selector, which is a thing that Dragon Quest had throughout. I think all the NES entries have a like talk, open, use like interface when you go into it, which is something that like Fantasy Star picked up also. That eventually mm-hmm. like fell out of JRPGs as a genre, but were throughout those early entries. Mm-hmm. So the setting of this game is real-world Japan in the 80s, and uh, you play a unnamed detective, which everyone refers to as... Well, Yasu refers to you as boss, and you work with your assistant Yasu to investigate what initially appears to be a suicide, but um, as you continue to gather clues and investigate, things get more and more complicated until they have something of a twist ending near the very end. So it's interesting the ways in which you can see, like, I mean, this is, is drawing a lot from a lot of, like, mystery fiction. Like, it's it, it the initial killing is set up as, like, a locked room mystery. And, like, I don't know, like, the, the way... There's, there's a lot of um, playing with a lot of ideas from, like, mystery novels and stuff and seeing them, like... You know, not not necessarily the origins of them in games, but kind of part of the origins of them in games. And it's interesting to see how that those ideas are translated over here. Yeah, totally. There's things like, like you mentioned, the locked room mystery. There's secret passages. There's bringing in people for investigation and getting rough with them to get answers. There's finding out where a witness might be and getting to them right before they, I mean, right after they have already been killed, either by their own hand or by someone else. There's mm-hmm. a lot of, they, they do a pretty good job of having a pace here that resembles a mystery thriller situation. Yeah, it's a strange, like, I don't know, I don't, um, I found myself a little bit, like, lost at certain parts of the game, um, where, I mean, I can't imagine playing this game with a text parser. I mean, of course, <laughs> it's an old adventure game, so it's hard, mm-hmm. right? But there are parts where I feel like there are jumps of, like, not even jumps of logic, jumps of, like, needing a psychic connection with the developer that I don't understand how you're supposed to make. Well, like, it's like everything I read pointed to the NES version of this being the thing that, that like, the most uh, affection for is if you were not, didn't grow up with the original, because it's the one mm-hmm. that went out to the most people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, I can't imagine using the text parser either, because so much of this game is figuring out what to do next by trying literally everything, since there's no fail state. So you frequently end up doing things that would probably get you in trouble if you were an actual detective, but you just keep trying everything and eventually something clicks and you move on to the next bit. Yeah, the thing that I like about this game versus other adventure-style games of this era that I've played is that there is no real fail state. There's, like, if you can you can close the case early, uh, which is still not even, like, that big a deal, uh, right? Does it, cl- does it end the game? I don't remember. I only did it the first time when he says, you can just close the case now, or do you just get yelled at? I never tried it because I didn't, it, you know, it, it seemed like, I don't know. Okay. It seemed pretty obvious that the mystery wasn't over, so I never tried it out. Okay. Yeah, I, I never tried it myself either, but um, when I was looking through the walkthrough just to see if there were 
there was a specific step I missed. It said, oh, you can try that, and the boss will just yell at you. So yeah. I assume that it doesn't actually give you a game over there. Yeah, I didn't think so. Uh, or just goofy things, like you can just hit Yasu, because you can hit any person in the game, and Yasu's like, oh, I thought you were way happier with my work. Like, the amount of stuff that you can do that would end the fiction but doesn't because the game isn't interested in that i i feels very contempt like modern like and not the way that in which this genre is remembered or is generally hmm. and it's weird because because those impressions like my my impressions of these old games were so strong there are a lot of things that I didn't try like um i had a couple of of instances where so there are a couple of points where you're you're interrogating someone and they just won't talk um or, or tell you what you want to know so you hit them and then they give you what you want right um and i was like all right that happened a few times and i guess this high school girl's not giving me what i want um <laughs> and so i tried hitting her and she got really mad and i immediately loaded um and it's like i guess i didn't need to do that i guess it would have been fine um but i'm just i'm since again since it's an old adventure game i'm just expecting like traps basically at every turn Mm -hmm. yeah if you if you end up hitting her in this she just gets angry and goes home but she'll immediately come back if you call her back in very forgiving game except for the part where it's it's you just have to I don't, a lot of the parts where it's like you have done everything you need to do and you just need to walk around and come back to the police station once or twice to make the next thing happen was really frustrating for me. Mm-hmm. Well, it's just also because this game doesn't have any save functionality. Uh, so a lot of that is people give you information like here is a phone number or something and you just expected that you're writing that down so this next time you play the game if you like turn on your famicom again you don't need to find that information as long as you have it you can just dial up the number that you're given oh that's an interesting point i didn't think about that because i just assumed i don't know like again just my i've been so thoroughly re-educated by by other games i've played you know if i was to start the game and then punch in one of the phone numbers i'd given yasu would be like why would i do all that number chief <laughs> yeah it's, it's I, much more flexible than that <laughs> yeah you can dial all sorts of numbers in this like something that i something that uh you can try if you dial a bunch of zeros during various points in the game there's a character with a weird trademark name next to them and they'll be like oh here's who i think the killer is and at some point you can do that and they're just like, oh, they, they're over at a friend's house playing with Barbies. It's like, oh, okay. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, there are a lot of a lot of little uh, Easter eggs in there. Little, um, like, not even just like little goofs um, that are, are kind of fun. One of the things I, I, I enjoyed about this was just sort of like how how open it is i mean like there are parts where you have to do specific things but for the most part you can just sort of walk around and check things out um and there's there's very little time pressure and there's like there's no point where the game says like like oh like this is the key moment we have to be here and like forces you to like teleport someplace or something you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. definitely makes it a lot harder though you can find like you can find the uh the path down like right at the beginning of the game if you want like you don't know what to do with that but you can totally just under like recognize there's a big dungeon underneath yeah i think one of the first things i did was i i like 
I walked, I went through the, the mansion and I, you know, I investigated and I found the button, opened the stairs mm-hmm. and I walked down and I went to the safe and I was like, okay, what do I do with this safe? <laughs> I guess I'll go back. <laughs> I'd never figured out what to do with that safe actually. Yeah. There's a, there's a bunch of smaller, um, optional clues that you can pick up. I didn't really open the safe either, but there, there's a number of things you can do in this game that aren't critical to solving the game itself. They just add some flavor text to the mystery itself. Mm-hmm. Or like, again, like a, like a real, um, like a real world mystery. It's like, you can solve the mystery and not have the answers to every single part of it, but the answers are in there if you do the work. Mm-hmm. So I think that's kind of cool. Like the game, the game doesn't, you know, if you if you you catch the perp at the end, the game isn't going to ask you for a beat by beat as to how it happened. Sort of like, no, you you caught the guy, you're good. Yeah, there's no assembling a comic to tell how everything went down, <laughs> or anything like that. And probably on this podcast, there never will be again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So, um. I guess, like, how did y'all feel about the mystery as it as it stood, like the the, the narrative that they told? I didn't really feel that attached to any of the characters. Like, I found it was interesting that uh, I feel like they did a pretty good job of putting out red herrings to the point where there were several characters that I thought actually did it that weren't involved, or they happened to be in a similar place at the wrong time like uh at some point you find out uh you find a ring that uh yukiko um a schoolgirl, was given by um the troublemaking um drug dealing um heir and um at some point when she's not being honest about that being her ring or anything like that i was like oh okay it might be her since other people have poked holes in her alibi but then you find out she was just trying to get a loan extension for her dad, mm-hmm. and they do a, they do a pretty decent job of having that ramp up to the point where it's like, well, I've investigated everyone, so I'm gonna try something with the only person left, and it's like, oh, okay, that went somewhere. <laughs> I felt like I don't know. There were like I I guess I get it, but like. Well, I guess I especially get it because of, of Yasu's how Yasu fits into all of this. But so many times when, when it was like, okay, you can close the case now, it's like, can I? Why would I do that? Like, and not just because, like, obviously there's game left, but it'd be like, oh, look, a new dead body. I guess we can close the case. It's like, what? <laughs> like, we haven't even looked at it yet. Like, can you chill out? Or, like, some of the conclusions that would be jumped to, like, oh, he clearly it was a suicide because he stabbed himself in the back of the neck. Like that, no one does that. That doesn't make any sense. Um, I felt like some parts, and you know, it's it's one of the it's like the original like Japanese murder mystery uh, game. So you know, but like it does feel like some of the logic was a little weak at points. Uh, so I kind of backed into. A, a particularly unique experience of this, uh, and I'm going to spoil a, a famous uh, RPG from 10 years ago, so hopefully no one minds. Um, I was describing this game to my friend as I was playing it, and I was like, oh, you're just like this detective, and you're rolling around with like a young detective, which is the colloquial name that the giant bomb crew used for Adachi in Persona 4 when they played that game. Uh mm-hmm. 
And so I preloaded my brain with thinking of him as like an Adachi like, which is very good because then he starts looking shady about like, oh, this character clearly committed suicide. They must be the murderer. Let's close the case really fast. And I was like, look, young detective, what are you doing? Are you just trying to get me to pin this on the wrong person? Uh, which is actually the plot of this game because this game is also just Persona 4. Mm-hmm. Young detective is guilty. Yeah. At some point, you end up finding the journal of the person who was killed um mm-hmm. y- you basically find out throughout the game that he used to be a con artist and he effectively ruined one family to the point where both of them ended up both the parents ended up committing suicide so yasu and this other girl were um the kids of those parents and had a grudge against the people who did this you find out that um, the person who died, uh, Kozu, knew about uh, knew that the daughter was working for him, and specifically hired him, hired her in order to make amends. And as soon as you find that diary and start reading that out, Yasu's like, you know, if the killer found this diary, I feel like he'd be feeling pretty sorry about what he did right about now. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> It's it's more or less him silently confessing, but not confessing to you regarding the killing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so since I was tipped that way to begin with, like midway through this game, I was just looking for the opportunity with which to like discover that reveal, which is uh, like the narrative irony of that, I think is a pretty fun way to go through this game. Uh, if you even knowing who the culprit is. Um because uh, I found that part really interesting, but also in the sense that we're like we're we're playing this game because it's like really formative. Just seeing one of the like most popular games plots in this just wholesale uh, was remarkable. I'm like, oh yeah, no one <laughs> no one's invented anything ever. <laughs> yeah, it, it's 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 also become something of a Snape kills Dumbledore situation in Japan too. Because when I was in addition to. Well, the translation has several extra files that came with it that explain some of the backstory and history of this. It, in one of the pages, it includes a manga page from a long time ago where there's someone being squeezed and they just keep repeating, the culprit is Yasu, the culprit is Yasu. And apparently Umineko and other games like that also basically use the culprit is Yasu as a meme. It's kind of funny because I had the exact opposite journey of of M, where basically I like the, the your character, the boss, is such a non character that I basically started identifying with like Yasu as being the playable character, um, and so it was like I mean you know he's taking orders from the boss, but that's just sort of like a way of explaining the fact that he's getting these commands. I'm actually playing as Yasu. This is fine, and so I got to the end of the game. And I wasn't sure how to end it. And I looked at the walkthrough and the walkthrough just told me the commands to do. And it was like, oh, you have to like go back to the police station and take the clothes. And I was like, oh, somebody left some clothes there. Okay, whatever. <laughs> I just went back to the police station. And I was like, all right, take clothes. And I was like, wait, what's happening? <laughs> uh, clueless to the end. Like as I was apparently as I was arresting Yasu, I didn't know I was arresting him. So very good. Very stupid of me. Yeah, the way the big reveal happens is you find out that, uh, well, shortly after you find the 
the body of the second con artist that uh, Kozu used to work with, you find out that one of your... Basically, the assistant to Kozu went missing, and apparently she has a brother with a butterfly birthmark. So the way that you essentially solve the case is you bring Yasu into the interrogation room, but instead of calling anyone out into the interrogation room, you just like, okay, take off your clothes, Yasu, and you just keep saying that over and over again until he actually does it. Mm-hmm. Revealing his, his, his butterfly-shaped birthmark, and thus that he is the... the, the missing brother so. mm-hmm. uh, he also worked uh, the his sister also essentially helped with the crime she's the one who set up the locked room mystery by while the groundskeeper security guard was distracted by the shock of seeing a dead body she slipped uh, the room's key into the side that the body was found thus creating a locked room mystery yeah, it's it, the answer was a lot more simple than I expected, which I guess, given the size of the game, I should have known. But I don't know, like, when the game ended, it felt to me like, like I don't know, like I was I was finishing a second act, getting ready for a third. Um, and I think, actually, the fact that it had such a, like, a, a contained story is actually better. I like that it had such a, like, a, a fairly mundane ending, as opposed to there being, like, some big, like, chase sequence or something. Yeah, I, I can't imagine a, a chase scene within this particular interface going super well. <laughs> I guess as long as they kept no failure state, as long as they didn't have any failure failure state within this, it'd be fine. But yeah, I kind of like the quiet ending where it's just like, okay, we've solved it and case closed. And it seems like, but it seems like Yasu's upset that his sister stuck around because. Now she's going to jail too, but both of them seem ready to accept that they've done what they've done and they are going to jail for a long time. Mm-hmm. So better or worse than dying on Rampa? <laughs> the question on everyone's mind. Uh, it, it was funny to see Chun Soft's name on here as well. Like two different, both the publisher and developer are two companies that eventually merged into different companies with all keeping one half of their name. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. still just trying to trying to create this, just trying to get another Portopia on their hands with these these crazy Danganronpa games and all their all their other jazz. <laughs> one thing I should mention about the translation, it was done by DVD translations and it they were very helpful in terms of allowing me to play the game without having to look at a walkthrough all the time because they had certain helpful things that as a American player I would not know like area codes within Japan and uh, service numbers there and things like that. They, they do a pretty good job of they even have their own sort of makeshift uh, map made out of Google Maps that shows you where everything is located ge- um, geographically. Yeah, the the translation is really. I feel like they do a great job of capturing the feel as, but but also like I don't know. I am especially aware of localization lately, as I have been binging Double Zeta, and I hate the subtitles. Um, in the version I'm watching, that oh, that take a lot of. What are you? What version are you watching? Because I don't. It's something I downloaded, but there are instances where, um, like someone will say in Japanese, "Hey, you." And the subtitles will insert a slur, and it's like that doesn't 
Why did you do that? You should uh, you should come to our Discord and talk to someone about that because that is not the way to watch Double Zeta. <laughs> okay. Yeah, because it's it's. I mean, like I know enough Japanese to know when they're fucking doing shit that's wrong, but yes. the answer is often. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it's frustrating. There 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 are very bad subtitle releases of that show. <laughs> <sighs> well, all right. I guess I guess I got the wrong one, which I guess it's good to know there's a good one. Yes. Um, I get too far off track. Um, so I had a question. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, why did the why did the green grocer why did uh Mister Hirata kill himself? I never figured that one out. Oh, that, that's because he had so much debt, and there were loan sharks that had uh, there were loan sharks that were much more aggressive than Kozu in terms of getting their money back. So he felt like suicide was the only way out yeah oh, and he wasn't aware of of yukiko going to work things out correct okay okay that makes sense yeah he ended up killing himself hours uh before she went to um kozu and asked for some loan forgiveness that makes sense okay yeah i'm looking at my my so we all took hand notes right yeah. Uh, no, I just I just wrote mine in a notepad. I mean, that's that's yes, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, no, yeah, you have to write down notes a little bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, th- and actually, there was a point where I had to I stopped having to write things down because basically, like, I was waiting for a point. Well, okay, I guess if we're being more honest, there was a point where the game expected me to make a jump of logic, and I was too stupid to make it. But my notes weren't much help there. Um, because I was like ruling out people's alibis and stuff, and then it just sort of came became about the the missing brother. And at that point, my notes didn't feel very helpful. Because mm-hmm. I wasn't taking notes on Yasu like a fool. <laughs> <laughs> Should have questioned my assumptions there. Uh, I, I love the part where when you find out one of the when you find out the heir has been um, up to some shady stuff, you go to his. You go into his apartment and you see a code basically to enter into his phone and you get a delivery given to you by someone at the harbor. And when you look at it, Yasu just goes, narcotics, boss. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, Yasu, narcotics are boss. You can you can get some like you get a lot done in in such a short time. You arrest uh, Toshi for for narcotic possession. You can a- arrest the other part of that deal as well, though you don't have to. Um, you catch the murderer. You catch the the person assisting the murderer. Uh, all in all, you know, good day's work, except for the fact that three people died. Yes, the part <laughs> where this game just leans into like the dramatic side of cop narratives where you're just going around like punching witness like uh people that you're bringing in for questioning and arresting everyone and multiple people dying uh la noir could never aspire to be this goofy all the time (laughs) (sighs) there's that there's that bit when you're going over to the pleasure district and if you try and search inside the club yasu just goes in instead has a good time being like wow we woohoo thanks for this boss (laughs) yeah can I really, boss? Wow, great! It's <laughs> like, all right. I'm glad you had a good time, Yasu. I was kind of hoping you'd do some like some work, but no, it's cool. 
Yeah, he also gets an attitude whenever you're looking at a place that doesn't end up having anything, because he'll be like, Oh wow, I found something. Just kidding, there's nothing here. Yeah, some of the some of the stuff where like trying to find items that there's no visual clue that they're there on the screen and you just sort of have to hunt and peck with a magnifying glass was a little again, glad I had a walkthrough for those parts. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are the one part that I feel like might be better than in the text parser where you could just be like search dresser instead of having to pixel hunt for stuff that isn't even mm-hmm. shown on the screen. Yeah. Yeah. If there was just like a, you know, like search, I don't know. I don't know how you do it exactly. I guess you could just be like search a door if there was an extra search command or something. Mm-hmm. Because it was a little frustrating. But For sure. Especially when you'd like you'd search something and it'd be like, oh, you actually had the right idea. It was just like a few squares to the right. It's just like, just give it to me. Why are we doing this? <laughs> mm-hmm. <sighs> also, some of the... Some of the evidence collection for things that you end up needing is a bit wonky. Like, occasionally they expect you to jump back and forth at the police station and somewhere else until you go into the police station and they're like, Oh, someone found a jacket with a phone number in it. And they ended up delivering it while you were out. It's Mm -hmm. like, unless you're taking a look at a walkthrough to be like, Okay, what am I missing at this exact moment? It It can be difficult to get back on the track that the game has imagined for itself. And there's actually something that the translation fixed while they were actually while they were translating the text itself. There's a bug where if you arrest Hoshi and talk to him again in a specific situation, he's unarrested and the game pauses until you can rearrest him somehow. Hmm. That is weird. Um yeah, I wonder, like, I feel like, and it's, it's you know, the scope of the game is naturally limited. I wonder if the game would have been a little better served by having, like, a secondary objective that you could pursue when the game needed, like, some time for something to happen. Like, those times when you've discovered everything and you just need to, like, come back and forth to the police station a few times, if there was, like, another thing you could be looking into mm-hmm. to give you a reason to move around, seems like that would be helpful. Yeah, and, and there's that one part where you, there, there's that one part where you're going over to a different part of Japan to look for Mr. Harada, and you need the phone number to call a hotel to figure out where he's staying. When I, I feel like as a detective, if you found out that someone was going to a different part of the country and they were just visiting, your first instinct would be, okay, we're gonna cross-reference all the hotels and see if anyone with that description or this image was staying there. Jen, Kyoto is the second biggest city in Japan. That'd be hard. Oh. That's a lot of people. (laughs) Uh, That's a million and a half people. (laughs) I guess, yeah, but searching a specific name feels like that would narrow things down a little bit, but I guess you're right. The way that they... The way that they portray Kyoto in this game is a temple surrounded by trees to the right side and uh, clustered buildings to the left side. So I guess it's one of those things where the visual information the game was giving me made me assume that it'd be a much easier task than I had imagined. Yeah, no, that's fair. They did. They do portray a very, a very idyllic uh, Kyoto, and like 
for by by everything I've heard, Kyoto is a very beautiful city, but it's also huge. Well, yeah, it's it's surprising you can even go there before you have more information than he's in Kyoto because you need something to go on when you get there. I was surprised. I the there's the point where you need to go to the uh, the uh, island city, mm-hmm. and I got there by accident. Um, apparently we're discovering that I am perhaps the most incompetent detective ever born. <laughs> um, but I just sort of was, I went, I was walking around just like, okay, I need something new. I don't know. Like, I don't know. I need to look for the brother, I guess. And I was just sort of wandering around and I went to the, the Harbor and I was like, yep, still nothing here. And I meant to go back to the police station, but I accidentally hit down and selected to go on the boat, which I didn't know was an option. And the boat was like, we're going to a new place. And I was like, Oh, cool. Great. Uh, I guess you're kidnapping me, but it's all good. Uh, getting on the boat was like the third thing I did in the game. So, because I was like, I'll go to the harbor. I can get on a boat. Uh, I guess I'm going to this island. No reason to be here, I guess. Yeah, I'm too I'm too spoiled by, by modern games. This was a real reality check about how long it's been since I played an old style adventure game where I'm just bad at these now. I'm just <laughs> real bad. Yeah. Uh, there's... There was no opportunity for me to flirt with someone, which is my go-to way to solve, you know, social situations in, in games. So I was just helpless. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things where back then the way that you made a game last longer is you made things ridiculously difficult or obtuse to solve. Or there were a lot of death sequences. These days it's more of a... We're going to put 30 hours worth of content in this thing. I mean, I don't even think this game, like, compared to, like, uh, a, like what it, like the PC adventure games of this era, I don't feel like this game is particularly difficult or obtuse compared to, like, even, like, something like Zork, where you have to, like, collect objects with, like, randomized elements and death states and everything. Uh, no, I mean, I think the, I think the, um, the hunt and peck uh, magnifying glass stuff yes, is a little that, worse. Yes. But that's the only thing. Otherwise, it's just like no, I'm just in 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 the length, in the parlance of of the situation. I'm just out of shape. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, which is is something that like I don't know. I never I never really gravitated towards these games because back when I, you know back when they were the hotness, um, and I was playing games, guides were much harder to come by, and I have gotten worse at them. But I was never very good. So. I just got stumped a lot and got really frustrated. So this was never my, my genre of choice. Mm-hmm. Um, and now in a modern era where there are walkthroughs, um, I don't know, maybe like one, maybe I can and revisit some of those, but also maybe I can through seeing walkthroughs, like hone in a little more on the, the way these games are built. Cause like, you know, these days I play, you know, an action adventure game and the game doesn't need to tell me where to go. I've played enough of these games that I have a sense of how the design here works, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't have that with with old adventure games. Yeah, and the, those older games, those older games had also ridiculous copyright protection sometimes. So that became part of the solution itself. Like the early police quest games had you using. Oh, compared to this, you you had a miniature police manual with you, and if you didn't do things by that book, then you would get a game over. So. It was both a, it, it it was both a method of making sure that you were actual the actual owner of that game, and also 
it was a much steeper challenge in terms of what it expected you to do. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, should we move on to uh, emails? Yeah. Uh, if people have emails, they can send them to podcast at normalmapping.com uh, about any of the games or just questions about the genre. You know, they don't have to be about what we're playing specifically. Uh, we have uh, one email um, from the Twitter handle Umbrella Terms. Uh, I recognize them from our Discord. Uh, don't know if this has already been discussed, but what are your thoughts on the tradition of the game from text adventure to a more visual novel graphic adventure style game? Uh, they played some of the original version or watched a playthrough uh, and mentioned how the NES version seems better for its streamlining. Uh, it added like the dungeon maze, uh, Yamakawa's diary at the end that makes Yasu be like, oh, the killer would regret what he did is in the NES version and not the original. Um, which hmm. adds like this other one emotional beat and also like a clue to who the killer is. Um, uh, they mentioned that Yukiko investigating Yukiko isn't in the original also, or it wasn't in the play that they watched. Uh, and they just wanted to know our thoughts on the changes. Um, I mean, for the most part, what I'm aware of the changes, I mean, I've seen some, like some screenshots. So like, as far as the text parser and also the art style, I mm-hmm. like the changes. Um, and and definitely also think I mean it's it's hard because I feel like for at least for me a lot of the changes are also tied up in the localization, mm-hmm. um, because the localization ironed out some things and and yeah I mean but also I just feel like I just don't have enough experience with the PC uh six thousand one version to say too much unfortunately my thing is uh as much as i enjoy the old adventure games every now and then i have a very hard time using text parsers in games it's like my one one of my biggest blind spots i find them just impossible to navigate because i never internalized the logic of how they work very well uh Mm because they're way before my era of playing adventure games so i'm only used to like graphical verb interfaces um do you ever play muds no oh okay Fair enough. Which is probably part of this reason. <laughs> yeah, I, I was a mud kid. So um, yeah. so for me, just like this verb style is still not like my ideal. But like I've played like Shadowgate, which is just this in some ways. A much more punishing, obtuse, uh, arcane version of this. But it's not dissimilar. Uh, mm-hmm. And those games all came out in like a post-Portopia world. So it makes sense. Mm-hmm. I will say I kept using quick saving, quick loading to get through the uh, dungeon at the bottom because, the, well, the maze at least, because I continuously was getting lost until I had to look something up. And uh, even with the, at some point they gave you the directions, but even then I kind of misunderstood what they were actually going for in terms of orientation and things like that. Uh, the minute I saw that there was a big maze, I just went to the walkthrough part and was like, tell me how to get out of the maze. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when I first got to the safe, I did it on my own. Because mm-hmm. um, I was I just wandered around there for a while. Um, and then actually, so there's graffiti along the way um, to the safe. The first pers- piece of graffiti is like, danger, don't go past this point. And I was like, haha, fuck you. And I went past it. Um, and the second piece of graffiti was turn here. And I was like, oh, okay. And I turned and it locked me out of the, and I was like, oh, damn it. <laughs> so I went through the loop again. Um, so I felt like a real Aru goober. And then I felt like an extra goober because I got to the end and there was a safe and I didn't know what to do with it. But, um, when I went back in with an actual objective, I definitely used the walkthrough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that maze, uh, I, I assume it's, it's like, 
not like unintentional, but the way it's literally completely identical for every single wall is a little much. That's just, I think, the reality of that situation. Like, I'm also, I'm playing Fantasy Star 1 right now, and mm. all the dungeons in that are first person, and uh, they're easier to navigate because there's a map on the version I'm playing, but they, like, it does just look like this. Everything is the same all the time. Hmm. Yeah. Like, uh, they, they also mentioned uh, when Yuji Hori was making this and working on Dragon Quest that he was a big fan of the um ultima pc games and things like that and a lot of those western rpgs had similar sort of first person mazes that people would go through so i imagine some of that bled into this game yeah i would imagine so and then you know as 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 noted went on to do dragon quest which found its way into these styles of dungeons as well over time indeed all right uh, any any closing thoughts? Uh, I I was expecting this game to be a lot more like us doing this for the sake of like oh we did the original one of these and that was an enlightening experience. But I found myself just mostly enjoying this game way more than I thought I would. It's pretty approachable. Yeah, I feel like the writing is really charming. Mm-hmm. Totally, yeah. I I definitely see a value in playing this today, even beyond its historical importance. It's it's, it's an enjoyable little time. It's a good way to spend an afternoon of a day just going through this, taking down notes, and finding out who the killer is. And if you are willing to like to tell, have a walkthrough open and just check it when you get stuck or when you feel a little lost, I mean, you can blaze through this game pretty fast. It's, it's definitely like an afternoon. Um, so it's not a huge commitment. So yeah, I definitely say if you've got an interest in the genre and you want to see see one of the originals, one of the OGs, I would I would recommend it. Mm-hmm. So six, why don't you uh, tell everyone about the next game we're doing? So the next game we're doing is uh, again sort of fits a little differently into the mold of visual novel, but it is it is a narrative game. It is a game about talking and walking around and and learning more about people. So I feel like it fits in well enough. We're going to be playing a uh, a game called Why Am I Dead at Sea. It is a game by uh, Peltast Software, released in 2015. Um, it has multiple endings, and you are playing as a uh, a dead person you don't know your own identity you're just a ghost and you are going around and investigating a cruise ship on which you died to try and figure out who you were why you died and also perhaps some other mysteries along the way um i played this game back in 2015 right at the end of 2015 and it ended up making my top 10 i think this game's great yeah i'm i've only messed around with it a little bit before but i'm excited to get into it and uh, by the way, if you have any questions about uh, or comments about this game or why am I dead at sea or any of our other stuff, you can send them to podcast at abnormalmapping.com. All right. Uh, I think that's that's all we've got. Should we kick it to the plug zone? Yeah, that, that sounds good. Um, do you want to start six? Oh, sure. Um, so if you want to find me and Jen's work, that's uh, scanlinemedia.com or patreon.com slash scanlinemedia. On there, you can kick in a dollar a month to get Oops All Anime, which is our weekly podcast where we try out various anime show 
and uh, you know just just offer our thoughts um, on like the first couple of episodes and, and sort of the path the show is taking. Other than that, um, I'm six Detmar on Twitter at six Detmar, um, and I've got a pinned tweet that tells you all the shows that I do. So that's that's my deal. Yeah, and in addition to all of that, um, I also uh, we're also pretty few episodes into um, Ultimate Despair Reprise, which is a uh, Danganronpa podcast I do on Scanline Media, since they won't let me talk about it on this show anymore. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we, recently we posted an episode with uh, where we interviewed Kira Buckland, uh, who plays a few of the characters in Danganronpa, as, lo- as well as uh, 2B and Nier Automata and a bunch of other stuff. So go check that out if that sounds interesting to you. Uh, and you can find my podcast at normapping.com. I have a game club, kind of like this one, uh, where we play mostly old games. Uh, we just put out, uh, when this goes up, a Titanfall 2 episode, and we're working on a Devil May Cry 3 episode. Um, if you want uh, more anime, you can go to patreon.com slash normalmapping, and for $1 a month, you get our podcast about Gundam called The Great Gundam Project, where we watch two episodes of Gundam a week, uh, in addition to backup shows usually. Right now, we should be finishing up 083 and Armor Hunter Melalink as this goes up. I will be catching up in the next month or so. I'm getting there. Uh, Trucking I'm along. Very excited for you to also really dislike 083. <laughs> <laughs> I have one friend who feels mystified that everyone dislikes it, and then everyone else just dislikes it. So I I have a feeling that I'm going to be having some discussions with that friend, but I guess we'll see. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's going to do it. Until next time, um, we'll see you later. Peace. Bye. Bye.